Like somebody in my in bus class was like, "Yeah, Tommy does my mastering," and I was like, "Oh, oh wow. shit, that's sick." Yeah, Sean. I think his artist name is Shine. Shine. Yeah, I can't remember his last name, but he's very sick. Nice. Uh, so, Cannon in the boxes. Thank you for joining me for an episode of <laughs> On That Note. It's a blast oh, yeah. to have you on. And yeah, um, dude. glad to be here. Yeah, let's. First off, let's start up why you picked one of my favorite albums of all time to present up here. Big, big Wilco fan. Yeah. Um, I love this record. Um, I was, it's kind of the cliche Wilco pick, you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's the one. But it's just so good. But it's like, the best. I've been listening to, uh, to that record a bunch, too, and, like, like Poor Places. I, I feel like there's a lot of, like, slept-on tunes. Like, everybody's, like, playing Jesus, etc. But mm-hmm. just a cool record. Um and yeah, I've, like I've been to Chicago a couple times, and I always just stare at those towers. I'm just like, oh. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I need to go just for that. So oh, you'll see a, a lot of like dudes with beards taking pictures of them. It's like, <laughs> it's like these, yeah. are, these are all Wilco fans. 100%. I, uh, that's funny you say poor places, because the last two songs were always ones I never listened to for like years. Oh, yeah. It gets kind of wacky at the end there. Yeah, yeah. And now those two are like, I'm always stoked to listen to it's them. It's crazy. It's crazy, too. Like, like we were just talking about the... Uh, the like uh deluxe editions of those that have been right. coming out but it's like it's you know some of those songs are kind of just like pop gems that they just kind of like roughed up i don't know there's so much variety on that stuff i love like the first four wilco records are like it's insane that a band did that like am being there summer teeth yankee hotel it's just mm-hmm. like ooh, that's a pretty good run <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty great run and then on top of that they still have awesome albums after that oh yeah they just sky get sky like, blue sky and yeah, shmilko I love Schmilko. I feel like that one that came out like what 2015. I think it might have been 2016. Okay, I was yeah around then. I just remember that and like I remember being in the band room at my high school the day that came out and just like skipping class to listen (laughs) to that record. There's some really good songs on that record. Yes, dude. Uh, Normal American Kids and what's the what's the big one from that? I'll never be alone. Oh yeah, if I ever was a child. If I there we go. Child, Copyright right. strike me, Jeff Tweedy. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That album's amazing. I'm glad yeah. you picked some Wilco. Hell yeah, dude. And what's really interesting is that today, as we record this, it's the day before the release of your next single, which is a cover of Steve Earle, Transcendental Blues. And yeah. you know what's funny? That's the only Steve Earle song I know, and I literally love that song. Heck yeah, so dude, it's wild that song that is so it. good. Like yeah. we, it was like a weird. We tracked a record with Patrick at Racket Recording, like his studio, and um, like I had, I just had that the Transcendental Blues CD in my car, and I've been listening to it, and I was like, this because I'm, I'm a really big Steve Earle fan. Like Guitar Town, like his first record is one of my favorite records, and like I like, grew up really into him, and like went to see him when I was like a senior in high school, and it was like a pretty one of those shows where I was just like, wow, I got to write some songs, you know? Yeah. And yeah, just did that cover. And like, honestly, like we didn't even change. We just played the song, you know, like we, right. weren't, we weren't trying to like reinvent the tune or anything. Cause it's just that good. Like just like a one, four, five blues kind of thing. I loved, uh, Gene Wolfolk play guitar on it. Who's, uh, okay. in Vincus and, um, you know, he used to run sound of the Caledonia and he's like, he's my favorite guitar player. He's a phenomenal guitar player. And uh, so he like laid down the nasty like leads and stuff, and yeah, it's just, it's a cool song. Like Steve Earle, I feel like is uh, like a lot of people mention people around. Like I don't know, I feel like he's an underrated writer. I could be wrong. He's like he's madly not famous. as big as no, it's crazy. I people feel like maybe he should be. I like yeah, I feel like if you played Transcendental Blues for like a lot of people, they would be like, oh, this is sick. Even if yeah. they weren't in the country, they'd be like, oh, this is sick. Well, what I love about your cover of it because I was really curious to see what you would do 
is you're right. You didn't reinvent the wheel exactly with the song. Like you didn't change it up too much, but it, you did kind of strip it back a little bit. It's like not yeah. as buzzed out, yeah, which I really like. It almost one. feels more like 2012 indie rock version of Take it. Take it. You know? okay, that's, that's where I live in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. But um, yeah, the... We want to like copy it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's yeah, there's so many like glitchy, fuzzy like blips and bloops in the original recording, and it was more just like when we tracked it, it was like me, Gideon and Jordy just playing it. I, like I think maybe I tracked the acoustic part first, and then they played it, but like as live as we could, and then we just had Gene come in and like shred on it. And we didn't want to like, I don't know, I'm the worst at like just sitting there with like synths and stuff and be like, what can we add? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like nothing. Just add yeah. nothing. You know you what I mean? Just really go it. down a rabbit hole when oh, you yeah. do that. Oh, and me and Patrick are... It's like everything... On, there's like an organ in there. There's a bunch of synths. It's so easy to just be like, ooh. Right. You but I'm really lost. happy with, with how it turned out. That mix was... I mean, Patrick is like continually killing it too. Like he is... Uh, yeah, shout out to Patrick. I love Patrick. He's the man. Canary <laughs> Affair. I'll <laughs> yeah. get him on next. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, he's just... Like Canary Affair is an awesome band. That's his band. Um, but I mean, just... It's cool to see... In it, like, I have like friends that record, like Patrick would like has expressed, and like, uh, just friends that are trying to do the studio thing that are like, man, like, I feel like I'm like in such an oversaturated market, you know, or just because there's so many amazing studios here Mm -hmm. in town. But it is cool that like everybody kind of does their own thing, and like, Patrick's recorded like the regulars and Florida, like, just a bunch of like bands that I think are good and are playing shows and stuff, and it's just cool to see, uh, like, everybody can kind of do their own thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's stepping on Tommy's toes. I don't think no. they're stepping on David Bar. You know what I mean? Like, right. everything is kind of just, like, chill. I'm glad that it can all coexist. And what's cool is, at least to me, I feel like if you gave me a song from any random song that Patrick recorded and any random song that Tommy recorded, you gave me, like, five sets of each, I feel like I'd be able to identify oh, which yeah. ones are which because you can... They have their own different sound to it, so you're right. You like you wouldn't step on their toes because literally it's just different vibes, and yeah, yeah, you prefer yeah. one or the other. It's cool. It's cool too. It's like it's nice seeing the homies uh, make shit. Yeah. <laughs> so does it feel any different knowing that the next single you're putting out like is a cover? Like, does it uh, oh, feel different at all? Didn't think like hadn't even considered that, and then like yeah, it's just. Well, like, it's less stressful for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like, if they don't like it, it's not my right, song. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. But no, I mean, it is definitely, I mean, in terms of, like, it felt weird. I mean, whenever we, any of us put a release out, you try to do the thing where you're like, I'm going to try to find somebody to premiere it. I'm going to do all this. And I was like, it's just us playing one of our favorite songs. Like, I'm not right. going to, I'm not going to hit up Flagpole and be like, I mean, I could, you know what I mean? But it just, it seemed uh it was like, this is, not, I'm not trying to take it any less seriously, because I love this song, and that's why we're putting it out as a single and stuff, but it's like, I kind of just want people to hear it, you know? Right. It's not a... It's not a personal thing that's yeah, happened it, to there's you. There's not that vulnerable, or... like, vulnerability of like, oh, this is a song that I'm like sharing with the world. Like, obviously, you know, uh... What's your take on a song that you really yeah, care about? Yeah, I'm not trying to like discount what we did. We weren't just like copy pasting Steve Earle stuff into to our playing, but yeah, it's a little bit less stressful, which is funny because I definitely didn't think it would be, or didn't consider that at all. And then I was like, oh, why am I not worried about this? I'm yeah, just gonna put it out. You know, it's like a whole different, not skill set, but just different vibe. Knowing that it's not your song, but it is your 
people will compare it to something in oh, a yeah, way, for which sure. is... Especially, like, my friends that are Steve Earl fans, right. that's going to be the first thing in their head, is, like, I don't know if this is... You know, just putting yeah. it up. Like, Patrick didn't listen to the original until after we had, like, finished mixing the song. Because he never oh, heard wow. it. And I it was, was probably like, a good idea. Well, I was like, do you want to listen to it? Like, immediately when we started tracking. And he was like, nah, I don't think that I should. I was like, genius, dude. This is, that is really this, smart. That's why Patrick knows what's up. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's a good idea. I definitely would have been like, yeah, let's see what we're working with. But then it almost uh, taints it a little bit. Yeah. And if you we, already know it, it's like, it's, it doesn't matter that he doesn't know it. And I, th- I think we might have ended up with a more, like, carbon copy of the original. You know what I mean? If he had that, right. like, in his head, so... Yeah, it worked out. But that's crazy that that you're into that song, man. That it's a, it's a cool. T- I mean, the like, the yeah. warble. It, I mean, it kind of sounds like a Wilco song a little bit. Yeah, you know? it kind of does. And like I said, that is literally the only song I know. Heck I mean, I've yeah. listened to a couple others just because I really liked that one, mm-hmm. and the rest didn't quite like stick out as much as me to that one. So, what would you say? Like, okay, if you like this song, Transcendental Blues, check out this album or these songs because um, it's maybe closer related to that. I would say a little bit less like glitchy and warbly, but like Copperhead Road was a really big record of his, and it's mm-hmm. got a bunch of really good songs on it that are kind of like heavier, you know? Okay. His first record is a little bit more acoustic, but it's also like Guitar Town is just the title track on his first record that's really good. Um, but yeah, Copperhead Road has like The Devil's Right Hand, the song Copperhead Road. Yeah, I'll get you a little playlist. Please. I'll get you it. I'll send it over. Yeah, please. He's great, man. I I love love how uh, psychedelic it is. Oh, yeah, it's cool. I feel like Steve Earle's always kind of been like grungy country, you know? Mm -hmm. Or maybe like later career Steve Earle, because I think Transcendental Blues came out in like 2000. Um, But it's just cool. Like, it's, uh, I feel like, like I was saying earlier, I mean, I, don't, I love songwriters, you know, and like he is one of my favorite songwriters, and I just like it's fun covering other people's songs, you know, yeah. songs that you like. What do you think is probably your favorite part of the creative process, whether it be the songwriting stage, the recording, the releasing, the anything like that? Um, I mean, I was gonna say playing in the band live, but that's not really a part of the creative process. But you could, I, think I mean, it kind could. of is. Like yeah. when you yeah. realize playing new songs oh, we got to do something different or like, oh, we got to like massage this a little bit. Like, I love that feeling of like realize, like having a song that's finished and like before you record it, realizing like, oh, we can make this better, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Because I'm, I'm super bad about not like in writing too. Like I I'm, I'm, was an English major, like, like not editing, you know what I mean? Just like right. finishing a song and being like, that's the song. When like in reality... You know, you bring it to the band, you play it a little bit, and you're like, we could, we could, we could make this better, or like make it different or more interesting or something. And I really like that. Like I've always liked recording, but I'm definitely I just like playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like, uh, I feel like a lot of the riffs and can in the box of songs too. I figured out like in front of crowds, you know, mm. and then, just because it's like the, I feel like that's where the pressure's on, and I'm like. So do you try to write songs almost before you record them, like on stage in a way, like you test them out in the audience, or do you? Oh yeah, usually... definitely not okay. writing on stage, but testing them out, like right, like anything we've recorded. With the except, like we've never played this cover live. We're gonna do it for the first time at the Forty Watt on Saturday. Forty Watt, shout out. This won't be out until after, but still, this they'll know. Out. They'll know that we ripped it. They'll know in their heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, they'll know. <laughs> but um, yeah, just kind of like most things, I feel like we like tightened up live you know uh or like got to the point where we knew how it sounded live and then went in and tracked it which that's just how 
my brain works, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like everything that we track, we try to do as live as we could, just the three of us in the room. And sometimes, like, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you gotta, like, piece it out. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I just like, I like, uh, I like Gideon and Jordy a lot. They're very good. So I can just be like, very tight. You do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you have a rhythm section that's just so on it every time, everything else it's becomes crazy. like 100 times it's easier. It's so, it's so nice. And even like, our other friends that like I played at Hinder Shots last week for uh, a friend's birthday party, and Aiden filled in like last minute, and he's, cool. I think he's only played with me one time, and it was just like boom, you know? Yeah, and it's just Aiden's nice. The man, like I feel you know, and a good bass player and drummer cannot <laughs> cannot be under uh, underrated. No, understated. definitely not. You can almost like mess up every guitar part or every vocal part, and it's like. But you if you mess up one bass part, it's like oh, yeah. But that. <laughs> And it can be weird because a lot of people might not even know why it feels off. It just is. It's like something is wrong with the the foundation. Right. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, what? What is? why do I not love it as much as I should? And you're like, that's probably why. Bass is stressful, dude. I played bass. Uh, I used to play bass with Hotel Fiction a lot more, but I played bass you with You just them, did. Like, yeah, recently, last right? week at the Basement East, which was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, we were opening for Flip Turn. Very who, cool. I'd listened to their stuff, but never seen them live. And it was like, it was wild. Nice. It was a very, very good live show. <laughs> But, um, yeah, there's a different stress. Like, yeah, I've been playing, like, guitar or pedals, uh, pedal steel or something. It's, uh, you can kind of noodle and, like, find your spot. Mm-hmm. You can't do that on bass, you know? Especially right. with those songs. Like, I want to hit these. You got to hit the ones. Mm-hmm. You stick it's with tough. the kick. It's tough. Yeah, just listen to Gid. I was standing right beside him, and I was, like, just looking at his foot, you know, mm-hmm. the whole time. That's funny because I'm the opposite. I'm less stressed on bass than I am on guitar. Because there's so much more you can do on guitar. There's so many more options, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. How Whereas, long have you been playing guitar? Uh, since I was 13 is when I started. Hell yeah. But even then, I'm like, nowadays, I'm better at guitar, but I'd, I'd, I'd stick to the singer-songwriter way of playing. No, which I, was is talking, chords I was talking to Dylan Keel about that. Like, I was, I've never, only very recently, am I like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice soloing. Like, mm-hmm. pretty much once I got the ability to play along to a song on Ultimate Guitar, I was like, this is all I need. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's, I definitely do a lot more of that now, but it, like, I'm still, like, I'm not a shredder, you know what I mean? Or, I, like, I don't try to be a shredder. Sometimes I just Same. play like a goofball, because uh, I've had too many paps. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's fun to kind of mess around, but it's just not my strong suit. And it's funny, because I teach guitar to kids and uh yeah it's it's cool uh and it's nice because most of them don't know what a c chord is and i'll teach them all that stuff but then every once in a while like i had one 14 year old it was a trial lesson and so they were gonna see if it was gonna work out and he came in he's doing like beautiful spanish guitar stuff and by the end i'm like yeah, buddy, I think you're going to need to just get you a better teacher. <laughs> yeah. He's like 14. I'm no, like, dude, he's got think, braces. I'm like, you're much better than me, dude. I'm that's, sorry. Oh, it's, yeah, there's some... I feel like every every uh, other day on, on Instagram, I see a video of someone like a third of my age just like ripping. Right. But I think there's something to be said. Like the dude that I learned guitar from, um, like, I mean, my dad plays guitar, so like around him. But like when I started taking lessons in like middle school, maybe, also not... Like, I would, you know, there were definitely much more technical, technically better guitar players, but he was just like, yo, here's a John Prine song. We're going to jam on it for 20 minutes. And it's like, I think you need something like that to just 
get kids stoked on music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, I mean, everything's different. Like, if a piano teacher's listening, they might be like, ugh, because it's right. got to be all like, but I don't know. Guitar is interesting. It's a goofy instrument. It's very fun to play. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, dude, it's cool that you teach kids, man. Like, I would, uh, <laughs> it's fun. When I was in high school, I taught a couple kids at Montessori, like elementary schoolers, but yeah. I, it was like just us playing Taylor Swift songs. Like, I was not, there was no, like, coursework or anything right. like that you know what i mean yeah thankfully they're pretty cool about i choose how i on? navigate things they cool. don't like overbear and tell you like oh no you got to follow these few things that's and it. um yeah they asked me once to like come up with a curriculum and i i did but i was just like bullshitting the whole thing i'm like <laughs> i mean and at the end at, i had like an asterisk at the end i was like this is all based on the student like some kids won't get a f chord for like a year yeah for some sure. kids will pick it up in a week so it's like i guess it's like i i remember i only had i taught two two students students uh, I don't know how much they learned, so I'm, I don't know if I should say student. But um, one of them, like, one of them was really stoked on it and was practicing, and the other one, I think she only touched her guitar, like, during the... And yeah, so, right, right, which right. I was that kid when I took piano lessons. So, like, just it's funny, like, how... Um, I can't imagine how frustrated my piano teacher was with, with totally. my act. Because I never practiced, dude. I, yeah. Piano, I thought at the time, was not rock and roll. Now... So sick. I wish I played piano. Me too. Yeah. Like, I practiced piano not not as much as i should but like i'll go through phases where i'm like i want to get good at piano because it, it makes everything so much easier yes yeah it's it tough. makes uh to me it makes what's the word just makes like the musicality of everything almost like the theory of everything yeah makes if you can see a little more sense and like right. understand your chords like i took uh i had to take intro to music theory for the inbus program and I was like, oh, oh I don't need mm-hmm. this. But like, it got to parts about like, yeah, like chord identification and stuff. And I was like, oh, this right. is this is wildly helpful. Yeah, <laughs> I should have learned like bare minimum music theory. Yeah, I, I didn't was just realize ultimate until, guitar. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize until this year that all major and minor chords are just like one note different. You just like, move the three oh a little bit. You just take the three down. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just like when you, I feel like if you can get uh, like a command of like that stuff and like dominant minor major sevenths and stuff like that you can just really like elevate your writing Mm -hmm. but then some people i don't know what elijah's theory knowledge is but some people just write the crazy stuff without even knowing it like some people i was like reading uh it was like some facebook musician thread but it was about how like some people like pop musicians just kind of like fall into crazy theory stuff you know Right. Like people that without were never knowing. classically trained. Yeah, without knowing. Just an interesting thought of like yeah, accidentally doing the stuff that people study like music theory for years to do. Yeah, that's like all Paul McCartney. Yeah, Paul McCartney was the example in this. There you go. He, wasn't yeah. classically he has trained. no idea what he's doing. Yeah. He's like making Writing. up the craziest bass lines. He's insane. I love that guy. Dude, he's such a good bass player. Like, kind of, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I say underrated because people know, but <laughs> but people think of him as the best songwriter, the best bass or the best singer, and then you know, or the best songwriter. And nobody thinks about like the fact that, that he's one of the best bass players of all time. Yeah, he's a phenomenal bass player, and I mean, just what a guy. Still kicking. I want to see him. Kicking, I want to see him. I live. got to see him with How my was dad. It? Please, Amazing. dude. It was like. In Atlanta? Five years ago, mm-hmm. it was. Um, that, I've been all over the place. I arena. can't assume Atlanta, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was like outside of Atlanta, though. Um, I forgot the name of it. Gwinnett, maybe the Gwinnett Arena or something. One of the big ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was insane. 
I mean, it was just wild to see all these songs that you've grown up with sang by the actual yeah, that's guy. That's so sick, you know. And he, I'm sure his band was like phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, he's had that same drummer for forever. That's so cool, the bald guy. And uh, he he closed with "Live and Let Die." Oh yeah, with pyrotechnics. Man, and all I love so many of his like post Beatles songs. You yeah. know, like like Wings. All that stuff's great. It's a great yeah. song. Doo, doo, doo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's awesome. You said you went with your dad. Sorry? You said you go with your dad? Yeah. That's baller. That's a great dad concert. Yeah, right? he took me to go see Bruce, too. Oh, God. Just like, see. two great dad concerts. Dude, I yeah, I wanted to see... I was in um, I was in New York when the, like... I was on, like, a church trip at the time when uh, the, the, like, Broadway musical came out. Oh, that he the, did? That, that he did. did. And yeah. I never... I didn't, get, I didn't get to go see it, but I want to see that. Like, I watched it on Netflix. I was going to say, it it's, is on Netflix. It's so good. He's just wild. I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. We it's went a, to New. We played a show in Asbury Park, New Jersey, this summer. Oh, cool. Which is like his town, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, we played a Springsteen cover, and the owner of the bar was just like, "Everybody does that." <laughs> <laughs> like, he, I was, I was like, like, "Gonna say, did he like it or did he not?" Yeah, I don't I think. Feel he, like, well, dude, the crowd liked it. The, okay. The, the thirty, <laughs> the, the small amount of people. No, it was it was fun, but it was funny because it was like, what song? Uh, we played Atlantic City. Love it. The, a dude, great that's song. one of my favorites. Dude, yeah, that uh, the Nebraska, yeah. like the demo record, the tape recorded record. Oh, that was insane. A, got me into Bruce Springsteen. So good. That was the one that got you into him. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, it's very like. I mean, I had heard the other stuff. You know what I mean? I'd listen right. to like his hits and like the River and shit. But like, yeah, my dad gave me a copy of that record on CD. Like maybe right like after I got a Tascam, like the four fourteen, the four track like recording guy. And he was like, this record was made on one of those. And I was Whoa. like, no, you're joking. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's cool to hear like Bruce Springsteen in his living room mm-hmm. playing mandolin and just, ooh, right. like making weird noises. Limited to four tracks. It's so sick. Yeah, oh yeah, I love, I love recording on those things for that reason. Just like taking the process down, you got to make choices. It's very cool. It is cool when you don't have as many options. Or opportunities to get crazy with oh, it. Oh, it's so easy to go create like in the in the box, dude. Endless right. tracks. No, I love having the limitation of four. And um, it I forces mean, creativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that that's uh. If and you just like, there's something about the way that like the tactile nature mm-hmm. of like you're not like diving through like menus. You're kind of just like yeah. The, like I'm, thousand I'm also different stairs you could re- use. Yeah, I'm just like like yeah, looking for like the right hi hat. Like, it's, I'm, I don't know. I'm I love recording. It's super fun, but I also get super intimidated by, because I mean it's like you watch like somebody like Tommy or like I was in mm-hmm. Chase Park the other day just like sitting in on a session and yeah. like like Barbie is a wizard. You know what I mean? Just like a drum, a hit would be off and just immediately, and it's like perfectly like wow. back in, and it's just I'm so far from that you know what i mean i'm like in in a garage band because i let my let my pro tools subscription lapse <laughs> so like in garage band like friend like it yeah the recording game is not my game but i love it like i love experimenting with sounds and stuff it's super fun and uh, you mentioned earlier about um the inbus program at at uga can you talk a little bit about that because i certainly don't know much and could be interesting for anybody who is curious about it to yeah. hear about your experience um well so when i first came to college i was like i didn't think i was going to pass accounting which is a, <laughs> which is a requirement for inbus oh and for real it's yeah a requirement? It, okay you don't have to take 
It's you don't have to take real accounting. No offense okay. to the to the professors of my class, but it's like the survey of accounting. Like okay. It's supposed to be like an easier class. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just I was also just so concerned with like playing shows and experimenting with things that they did not have in Rome, Georgia, um, where I grew up. So I was like, not I was like just a goofy college student for a little bit. But the MS program, uh, it's like you got to take a like I mentioned like um, intro to music business some sort of, or intro to uh, music theory, some sort of like history class. Like I took rock and roll history, which was Love it. a phenomenal course. Honestly, a little bit harder than I would have thought it was. Hmm. Like I think I made a beat, but uh, a great class. And uh, so you have all these prerequisites that kind of like lead into taking like a two semester class. Like I'm in the first one right now. The last class that I take in college will be the second one next semester because I just kind of timed it wrong. Okay. <laughs> but um it's just like a like general overview of the music business, kind of like bird's eye view. Because, I mean, there's no way, you know, there's no way you could talk about all of it in two classes, three no. classes, four classes. But it's kind of like, here's like a history of uh, uh, the music industry at large. Here's a history of like record labels and here's how like publishing works and just kind of like a little bit of everything. And also like... You know, we put on those concerts at Nucci Space. We, um, for the class, like, you have an internship. Like, some people are interning at, like, you know, um, publishing companies or magazines or, like, studios. Like, Patrick has, B is interning with Patrick, which is super funny. Cause I'm oh, like, cool. Do you track here. Like, what, what yeah, 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 yeah. But it's super cool. It's like a kind of like twofold taking classes to learn about it, reading, like, everything you need to know about the music business, so like Donald Passman textbook and talking about it. And then also like real world, like we're going to have like Patterson hood from the drive by truckers came and like gave a talk and oh, wow. I'm a massive drive by truckers. Yeah. Fan. And it's just cool to have real people like in the industry that are like, I hate using that word in the industry. Yeah. In the but industry, it's like, we all man. want jobs, dog. Like right. whether it's like, you know, I would say the minority of people in that class are in bands. Like a lot of them are like at right. least like, a quarter of the people, but just as many people like want to be like booking agents or managers. Right. And then like when I did that tour with Susto this year, we got to LA. I've been so excited to play the Troubadour, crazy stage. You played the Troubadour. I played pedal steel with Susto. So oh, that's Susto right. played the Troubadour. I, wow, I have not played the Troubadour. One of these here. days though, we'll We're get manifesting. there. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna have a beard though by then. Just wait, just wait. Dude, I think it'll be it that happen. far away. Yeah, but in a good way. But no, like, we get there, and, like, the GM at the Troubadour is an inbus grad. Oh, whoa. She, like, knew, like, she'd taken Barbie's classes, and they knew each other and stuff. And she, like, we went out to get dinner. Yeah, like, it's a really, it's a sick fucking program. Like, it's, uh, I mean, I'm trying, like, Annie Leith. Right. She was an inbus kid. Uh, Tommy. Like, Elijah. Yeah, there you go. Like, everybody, I mean, it's just cool to, to, like, have some sort of basis. Because, especially... Like, when I first started doing, I, like, more, like, tour managing, trying to get into that world, it's just so big. And I was like, I have no idea what any of this is. So it's really cool to have, like, classes that can kind of, like, tell you what to do, you know? Yeah, it's like a guide, like a road yeah. map. And then it's like, I think everybody finds their niche in there, and they're like, oh, this is what I want to do more of. Like, it's not a super in-depth in terms of, like, specifics, but, it, I mean, it is. There's a lot of, like, really, really great information. I'm not trying to discount it, but, you know, if you got... If you got a kid that's like, I want to be a manager, then they can kind of like go on their own and figure out. It's, I don't know. I've just met so many sick people in that class too. Like the front row of that class is like Garrett Chermonte, I think is how you say his last hmm. name. I don't want to fuck it up. 
but he does like Clear Mountain Entertainment. He like manages like Wim and Red Rhino oh, Road and stuff. Cool. It's like him, AG, me. I think I just saw some article about him recently, which is how I talented heard about him. dude. He's like, they did like the the Classic City Festival or whatever downtown. Like he's, I think they're putting on another festival. He's just, I don't know. It's cool to see people like in that class that are, because it's all ages. Like I'm 22. I think AG and him are probably around my age, but there's like, you know, 18, 19 year olds. Right. But it's just sick, man. It's cool to see uh, people trying to, uh, you know, like really do the thing. Because I feel like, yeah, like I was saying earlier, I feel like so much time in in music, I was just like guessing, you know. I was like, I I don't know what to do. Like I didn't even know that there were like, I didn't even know tour managing was a job. And then I started tour managing, you know? So it's cool to have, like, people like the... That sounds so stressful, dude. It was very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That is not an easy job. No. I mean, it, it, it... I got really lucky in that the dudes I was working for were awesome. You know what I mean? So I didn't have any... I would hate to t- be a tour manager and get pressure from the band. Or, mm-hmm. like, get like have beef there. Because at that point, it's like, you're living in a van with dudes that you don't get along with. That yeah. sounds terrible. Yeah. But, and you have to do all their shit for them. But yeah. Or just enough to to keep the keep the, train the rail going. greased, like yeah. keep it moving, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's a I mean, somebody's got to do it, especially like, uh, I mean, at the level that like you know, me and my friends tour. Like I'm going to Columbia right after this. Right. I don't need a tour manager. I'm gonna drive over there. Right. And then drive back. But when you have an operation that's like five people with their own schedules, with their own, I mean, with their own jobs, also like. Half the band was, like, freelancing, like, doing, like, graphic design and stuff like that. You know, it's just, like, you want to be the guy that made Like, you don't want them to have questions. You want to have everything. Where are we staying? What's the Wi-Fi? Are there showers at the venue? Is there going to be food? Like, everything just needs to be... It sounds really basic, but just, right. like, you want to avoid the need for them to and ask There's probably questions. so many things you would not even think about. Oh. That need to be taken oh, care I'm of. St- I still would say like not say that I'm good at it. Like when you see like real tour managers work, like kind of like hire. Like when we'd be at festivals, and I would see like I had a really cool conversation with Jason Isbell's old tour manager. Oh, um, cool. I want to say his name was Ben. I think it was. That's terrible that I'm gonna. gonna <laughs> he doesn't work for him anymore. So um, no, but he was just like there's a situation where the band was pl- Susto was playing and like the catering ended during their set and it was across the festival grounds. And I was like, oh, they're not going to get food. I got to figure this out. Like, I got to get food yeah. for him. And he just pulled, he was like, you go up there, you tell him, you know, and he just walked me, like, walked into the kitchen and was just like, <laughs> we, we need this. And was not being rude, but was being very, like, you, yeah. you just have to know what you want. And, like, it's, there's so many little things. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I learned how to roll the perfect joints for the boys. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know the thickness that each one of them wants. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, you know, also serious shit. Like, you know, like, where on the settlement sheet they're gonna try to fudge some numbers, you know. Uh. Like, so you got to do that stuff too. Like there was, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't goof up too much, but there was one show where, like, after the fact, I realized that like the like walk up tickets, like day of show tickets, weren't counted on the settlement, which was like, uh, row. That's uh, that's a couple hundred dollars, yeah, you know, like or more than a couple hundred dollars. And so it was just like things like that, you know. You're also responsible for making sure that. Yeah. All you gotta shake down the owner. Like, yeah, and some I think too because I was young and like a lot of times venue owners are old and I love people that are willing to like make the horrible financial decision of running rock clubs. Like I respect you because mm-hmm. we need those. But sometimes you get the old guy that's like, I can I can take a couple hundred right. off this kid and it's like 
yeah, you probably can because I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm yeah. trying to get better. Oh, and so, so like sleazy, dude. Dude, and there's it's the minority, man. I feel yeah. like so so much, or just in my experience, so many times you see people talk about touring, like hall fees are always a massive debate on like Twitter and like Reddit and stuff, and people are like venues are evil. And it's like I agree, like taking like twenty percent, ten percent of merch That's from, absurd from bands. That it is absurd. Would ever do that? But it's oh yeah yeah yeah, and like. Like, the venues that we play don't, you know what I mean? Like, 40-watt flicker, right. they don't, no, nah, they're cool. But, yeah, like, you do encounter that at, like, nearly every, like, theater size room. And it sucks, but it's, it's so gross. It's also just, like, man, sometimes, like, it's just the game, you know? I feel like yeah. it's, not that I'm excusing venues taking that stuff, but it's, like, there's, I feel like so many times, like, it's not as bad as people seem. Like, there's so many times I would, a guy would come to settle with me, would ask about it, and I'd be, like... We didn't do that well tonight lying about merch. Or I would make a fake settlement sheet and be like, you know, we sold half mm. of what we sold. And they're not going to question it. Like, I yeah. feel like a, the vast majority of venues are not out to screw over artists. Like, they're just, just is what it is, you know? Yeah. You just got to be a little sneaky. There's weird, there's, <laughs> it's kind of weird there's not like a, like a union or something that can be like, hey, that's definitely not okay oh that, yeah like you're not you have no part of this merch production anything yeah for sure what and i know they think you can most like, of us, we're not taking part of the the bar exactly that's cash. so many bands use that you it's know? like we're not yeah 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 well and it's like is 20 because it's standard like 20 percent. i guess some places are lower but like that's the cut for just setting up here like yeah just put our shit outside by the van <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. i mean like I, I mean and a lot of people do different things to get around it but um and also a lot of venues don't will only charge it on soft merch. Like they're not charging for like vinyl, CD. They're not trying to take off recorded music, which is, I don't know. I think we'll see stuff like that change. I don't know. I'm like not well enough read on it. But like in the wake of all the Ticketmaster stuff like that, there's like the musicians union that I've seen uh, on like Instagram. People have been posting about. Right. Interesting. Not really well versed on my uh, stuff here, but... But there may know. be some whiffs of it going yeah, around. Yeah, I think we'll see. Uh, I think we'll see like some sort of change, man. Like, it's just like the the whole record business is very strange. So I'm like hoping that yeah, as we like people our age kind of come into more like positions of power in the industry, that shit can kind of get shifted up. Yeah, I agree. But we'll see. I'm not. I don't know. The thing is, I, I, all of my friends that do this are too stubborn to not do it. So it's like whatever happens is going to happen. Right. I mean. You know, you, at the end of the day, you got to tour if you if you can. Yeah. And if you can play it those sucks bigger that theaters, that's how you got to tour though. Or it sucks yeah. that you have to tour to to do the thing because right. it's like that used to not be the thing. Like you used to put the record out, and that was where the money was, and you would t tour to support the record. And now it's like, yeah, I'm curious how things are going to go because it seems like every day record labels are less and less important in certain ways. Yeah, that's fair. But because like, how many people end up? blowing up on tiktok now maybe yeah. it's not long lasting but someone like Lil nas x you know they put out this one that guy's song. a genius though. genius genius like books will be written about right. i don't think anybody's done what he did in terms of turn a one-hit wonder into like a viable career that shit's mm -hmm. crazy it's amazing what he's done and yeah. i think obviously he's a genius so it's almost impossible for anybody to do something quite like that but I think that really shined a light on what artists can do without yeah, the support of for a sure. huge label. Well, I think too, it's like labels still, because like when somebody blows up on TikTok, 
TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> that like labels will grab them and be like, all right, we're going to, but I don't think labels are doing the like building of artists that they used right. to do. Like you hear about, like you hear about David Barbie in our class talks, yeah. <laughs> talks about like, and just like people that have been in the industry for a while talk about like, you know, bands used to put out like four records that would flop on a major label and then the fifth one hit it big. You know what I mean? Like you don't. Like I, I feel like now it's like labels are still kind of important or, or very important, but they're not like doing the like artists developing that they used to do. You know? Yeah. Like people labels will put out a band's debut record and if it doesn't go well, they're just like, All right, well part yeah. ways. Like have a good one, you know? Yeah. Which is just like That's more of just like uh a, a roll of the dice. Yeah, it's like let's see like, if this hits, and if it yeah. doesn't, you're out of here. Which I mean, I, I'm sure it's always been like that. Like I don't know to a degree. I don't know shit about record getting record deals, but like, it's interesting to see that like you know so many people that I talk to are like, yeah, like it's not like it used to be. Like you, if you don't put a record out that hits, you're out of here. Which is just that's a lot of pressure. I can't imagine yeah. trying to. I mean, I you know I would like to be there one day, but it just seems like such a stressful endeavor. Like mm-hmm. trying to, you know, really in that field put a record out like like imagine being a top 40 country artist it would be i wouldn't awesome sleep. but also stressful. i wouldn't sleep i'd be so stressed yeah <laughs> yeah dude yeah and that's a different lane country music oh Those, yeah like that whole nashville music scene seems so have you ever uh, lived in nashville i haven't i've yeah, I I like almost you... went to belmont oh I, I i was too broke but i almost <laughs> I, I applied to belmont and wanted to go there but I, I think you would do it was well too in Nashville. Expensive. It's so expensive. Yeah. It's so expensive. And I get... Even I post, know so many people that went and did the same thing I was going to do and dropped out. Dropped out. That's like, the thing. All the, they didn't want to do it. I know a lot of people... Like some of my really good friends are current students there. Because um, they're a little bit younger than me. But like... Yeah, all the... Not all. Don't want to generalize. But a lot of people I know that are really talented and have... Are doing cool shit dropped out. Mm-hmm. You know? And dude, I just couldn't... It's a lot of debt to be traveling. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. the George, I got the the Zell Miller scholarship here. Shout so. out to Zell Miller. Yeah, I don't think he's a good dude anymore. But is he alive? He, he, um, I don't know, but I think he he I, th- I think he got anti-Semitic at the end. Oh like, yeah, as, as an old man. So uh, yeah, why I appreciate that, your money. Why is that such an old man thing? That's it, dude. Apparently, it's just a thing now. I guess so. <laughs> it's in vogue again, which is terrifying. <laughs> I know, dude. Sucks. But um, yeah, like I uh. That completely derailed what I was. What I was. I know we about. totally went down. That's rough. Now I'm just thinking about Kanye. I'm yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, but um, record deals, record deals. Uh, but we're just talking about like college, <laughs> like people go college, to, dude. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm I'm all over the place. Yeah, Belmont, man. I mean, would it have been cool to go there? Yeah, yeah. I have no like. I'm nothing against it. Would I think it, it probably worked out better for me. Sixty thousand a year, no. or whatever it is. No, not unless you graduate and like immediately right. I was gonna make a, a Nashville joke like Brad Paisley like that. right yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know man he hands you a golden belt buckle and you're, you're yeah in exactly <laughs> it's cool though like it's I mean and I'm sure the resources there are phenomenal yeah. you know but yeah I don't think I don't know if I ever live in Nashville I think I gotta be I'm glad it, it wasn't when I was like 18 you know what I mean right. I don't think I would have been ready for that that city at that age. I don't think I'm ready for it now. Just yeah. being there last yeah, it's week. it's a whole machine. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, you were just there. I get so stressed every time I go there, dude. And I love it. Like, I'm, some of my best friends live in Nashville. It's a cool place. It's Oh, it's sick. But it's just, 
I don't you you lived in LA? Mm-hmm. I was only in LA for like three days and it was way less scarier to me, like oh, in terms of talking to strangers than Nashville. Whoa. I like it felt less pretentious. <laughs> like Wow. Which that's is interesting. I, I could, it could just be that I was again only there for three days and I don't know. I got a nice guy at the, the coffee bean, you know. Right. But right, um, right, right. It, I don't know. It was just and it's all in my head. There's no reason, you know what I mean? Like there's no reason to be uh stressed about a location. But it it's like it's music yeah. city. It's country. It, it eats you up and spits you out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would imagine that place is just a total machine. I've I've been to Nashville a handful of times, but never for like a long period of time. And actually not really since I've been over like twenty two, twenty three. So it's been a while since I've been. Uh, I do want to go back. It'd be fun to play some sort of show there. Dude, it's cool. And like, it's a, I, I feel like people, me included, are always like, I get so stressed playing there. But like, for every group of people that's just like right. musicians staring at you, there's a dude who's going to come up afterward and be like, that was so much fun. Like, yeah, that's there's, cool. There's a, there's a lot of really, really sick people there. And uh, all, like, all the venue staff that I've like encountered there are really nice. Um, it's cool. It's just like it's all up here, you know what I mean. It also it doesn't help that I play pedal steel, and that's like pedal steel town. You True. know what I mean. So it's like everybody, at, the dude at Waffle House is better at me than pedal steel. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, no, you rock at pedal steel. Oh, dude, it's fun. I'm trying to figure it out. I um, I played like with AG at Hendershots, yeah. and Pistol was there, and I was like, who's that? He's the guy that plays with Faye, and he oh. plays with Cracker. He's a phenomenal player, like insanely good pedal steel player. And uh, I was like, I saw him, and I was like, AG, I'm calling in sick. I got to go home. Like, I don't want to play. In front <laughs> I think of it's not happening today. Uh, but yeah, dude, he's super nice. Like, I, I'm. Uh, I really want to try to start like just like taking lessons, like talking to him about totally. it. Because it's one of those things. Like, I've been just guessing. So I would love to like sit down with somebody and have them be like, "This is what I do." Because there's not really right. a right way to do it. Everybody kind of sets theirs up a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But, but get a little, get a few tricks. Yeah, you know? and he, I mean, that's the guy to get him from. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, ooh, he's so good. I mean, all the steel parts on Faye songs are like pristine. Insane. You know? Yeah, and that's all. Her recordings all him. are like, yeah, it's really clear. sick. They've been good too. Mm-hmm. Like that record, the record like with the bicycle. You know what right. I'm talking about? That was made. I think it was Atlanta Millionaires Club or something. I think Is that might, that one? It might have been the one before that one. It might have just been You're called right. Faye Webster. You're right. Yeah. But that record was tracked at. Gracie Huffman's old house. No like way. Here in town. Like Matt Martin recorded it oh, in a house whoa. in Athens. And it still sounds amazing. Yeah. You know? Like, Shout out to Matt Martin. I had yeah, him on dude. the show earlier this year. He's oh, hell yeah. insane. Dude, yeah. I gotta listen to that episode. Yeah, dude. I called it Wander Wild, but it was just It was just him. Matt. Hell yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah. well there's no boxes here today. Either. Right. No boxes. <laughs> just flying cannon. solo, dude. Cannon in the boxes. I have some um, good boxes. I know you gotta get going soon to go head up to Columbia. Uh, I always do a last five where I just do five quick questions and we're done. So All right. if you're humoring me, we'll fly through these. I'm ready. Number one, I think I already know the answer. In the studio we're playing live. It's got to be live. Yeah. I, had a <laughs> I love the studio, but I love playing live so much. Nice. So in the studio playing live, we got live. Number two, perfect album, front or back? Front to back. This is close. Yeah. This is a close one. Um, I don't like uh, Radio Cures. That, yeah. I'll I, skip Radio Cures. If you skip it, it can't be a perfect album. That's the. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. Um, I, I got to agree. Like It might not be there. I got to say... Uh, Sticky Fingers by the Rolling Stones. Uh, yeah. I've been listening. I mean, I love that record. Been listening to it a lot lately. That's a great no skips one. skips for me. 
it took me a long time to like get into the Rolling Stones, other than the hits, and that album Dude, is what got me into them. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good, and like, it's like goofy, you know, at times, like mm-hmm. Mick Jagger singing in like a fake country accent. Or in your, I yeah, love I love it. So no funny. notes, dude. Probably that Sticky Fingers, Blonde on Blonde by Bob Dylan, which both of those are dad records, but <laughs> they're good. <laughs> That's all good, dude. We love dad records, dad Hell concerts yeah. too. Okay, number three, dream artist or producer to work with. Oh man, Jeff Tweedy, like of course, easy. But all, I got like, this book right here, actually. Yeah, and I have read that one. I haven't read his songwriting book, and I really oh, I have that one too. How to write one song? I got to read that book. But um, I haven't finished either. I'm gonna be honest, dude. I'm the worst. I, I read so like the first third it. of a book, and then I'm just like, another book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, me too. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Tweedy. Uh, I would love to to work with him just because he like like he's producing the new Rodney Crowell record that's mm. coming out on New West. He uh, he produced like a Casey and Clayton record a little bit ago. Like just being, I don't know where he tracks. Being in the Wilco loft, mm-hmm. having that so guy. Cool. I'm done, dude. Send me yeah. to heaven the next day, dude. I'm Knowing done. all the ghosts of the music that they oh, yeah. are just hanging around. In there. And just like we were saying, like that, somebody that can make for like 20, 30 years relevant music, that's a guy Insane. I would love to work with. Because their old late career stuff is awesome too. Like, right. It would be cool. He would probably, he'd probably kick my ass a little bit. He'd be he like, seems really cool though. He seems really oh, nice. Oh, yeah. But he seems like the kind of guy... Yeah, like, he's like, like we're he'd be make... fun, but he'd be like, you need to take this very seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I thought of two people I'd love to see you work with at some point. One, Blake Mills. Oh, God. Would dude. be gnarly. Ah, the best guitar player alive. Insane. Yeah, he's, so good. he's awesome. And then uh, Dave Cobb from dude, Nashville. That's, I can't argue with either of those. That'd be great. Dude, yeah. I mean, Dave Cobb has made some really crazy records. Like, he did the Isbell records, right? Like, I think so. Yeah. He's done. So many. I saw because I literally just look up producer of Rival Sons. There you go. Because I was like, <laughs> that's who I picture, and it was Dave Cobb. I'm like, of course. It Hell is. yeah, yeah. He's a he's a big one. But yeah, dude, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. Blake Mills. Oh, Blake Mills is gnarly. Question number four. What's on your musical rotation right now? Yesterday, I had to write a marketing research paper, uh, so I needed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I I was like. I, I can't remember how I stumbled onto it, but I was I misspelled something in Spotify, and Professor Longhair came up. Hmm. He was like New Orleans, uh, like jazz guy, huh. like predecessor to like Fats Domino or whatever. I'm just saying his Spotify bio. Yeah. I don't listen, <laughs> I don't listen to this kind of music, but that was surprisingly gnarly. Just like ragtimey New Orleans okay. piano, love that. Interesting. Listen to that a lot recently, and um, also. I mean, like, kind of, it's late 2022, so kind of doing the best of record thing. Right. That Band of Horses record, Things Are Great, that came out this year is phenomenal. Um, the MJ Linderman record is phenomenal. I've been listening to that a bunch. Is he kind of country? Yeah. He's, do you, yeah. I know like, that name. Definitely check his, I feel okay. like you would like it. It's it, like early Wilco almost. Like, okay. some of the songs are just him and pedal steel, and some of the songs are like fuzzed out, like pavement y sounding. Love it. Really, really good record. He's playing here tonight. Oh. <laughs> Fun fact. No way. Yeah, dude. He's playing at World Famous tonight, like late night tonight, solo. You should go for sure. I gotta oh. be in Columbia. But yeah. He's hmm. it's I think it's I'm just right. him and his pedal steel players, Andy, that are playing. Okay. I got if I got nothing that wrong. to do, dude. Maybe I'll go check dude, it out. I saw him at Flickr like a couple months ago, 
And I mean, also is like, is he from around here? No, he's from Asheville. Asheville. But okay. he, I mean, like Pitchfork reviewed his record. He yeah. got best new music in Pitchfork like wow. a couple months ago for I think Boat Music is the name of the record. Okay. I've just been like listening to the single, so or like listen to the songs. I don't want to get the record name wrong, but so good. Um, just yeah, I don't know. It's like. It's like Pine Grove, but even grungier. You know what I mean? Okay. And he's such a good writer. He's got such a good voice. If you're for free, definitely yeah. check him out. I'll Fans. listen to him today and then probably just go check Dude, all the people that are watching, they're like, we missed all the shows. I know, you missed <laughs> all of them. It's I okay. should have like there looked will be at more. Flagpole for like a couple weeks from now shows. Right. They're like, go to this one. Exactly. Um, all right, last question because I know you got to go. Favorite Bigger. decade of music and then what's the worst decade of music? Dude, worst decade of music, whatever disco was. Like yeah, like yeah. no. I guess it's late seventies, like seventy eight. Yeah, dude. I don't even need to know. Like I don't. I don't. <laughs> like, I don't no. Um. I mean, if if they tainted the Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones made a disco record. Yeah. Like or Kiss wore the stuff. Kiss made a disco record. So whatever that was, like whatever collective brand of cocaine was going through <laughs> a musician, like a music corporation guy's brains at the time, right. really is insane. Um, it was such a bubble too. It was like two years and then that just, disco yeah. was a thing, and then so, nobody ever wanted. It's to like hear grunge, again. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like grunge, and then. But so weird. The best decade, dude. I gotta be an optimist and say, right now, you know what I mean? Like a lot of great. I Bob Dylan's my favorite. The seventies, you got the Grateful Dead at their peak. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan at his peak in like seventy five. CSNY, a lot of great music, but like. I, I would choose to believe the best is yet to be created. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That MJ I'm Linderman record is legitimately one of my favorite records that I've ever heard. And Which it came one? out this year. Boat music. That M- oh, MJ. the MJ Linderman. Yeah. I mean, dude, if it's not called that, embarrassing. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I just, especially, like, tying it back to Athens, like, how many people are like, R.E.M. is the best band. Yeah, right. they are. Duh. But, like, I would like to be more focused on, like, the 18 year olds that are jamming at Nucci space, you know, like just want to be looking forward, you know? Yeah. Also we have all the other times. Now, if we were living right. in the seventies, we wouldn't have Spotify. Nope. I'm not trying to, to like support Spotify. Cause a lot of people got different opinions, but like we have right, access right, to, right, right. we have access to all the music in the world, dude. Like, yeah. That's pretty you cool. You can't complain about that. No. Right. And yeah. So maybe next decade, that's next the best decade. Of yeah. 2020s <laughs> baby. Yeah, dude, we're coming for you. Well, Cannon, Cannon Rogers from Cannon in the Boxes, thank you for joining me. It's been a blast getting to talk with you. Everybody needs to listen to your Steve Earle cover, which is out now as you're listening, as well as Classic City Celebrity, which I wanted to talk about, but uh, we ran out of time, and I love that song. It's probably my favorite. Thank you so much, man. Um, But yeah, Steve Earle cover is amazing, and thank you for coming on, man. It's been a blast. Thanks, brother. Dude, that's the like, we'll be right back. Exactly. And we're out. All the songs I make Thank you again for joining me for another episode of On That Note with Parker Whirling. If you haven't yet, please make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, and you can even leave a comment down below to let me know who you're listening to. On that note, I'll see you guys next time.